When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to Hemp Present, the weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, and it's 24 fourth year found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing. Transmitting from a hempcrete fortified bunker under a dilapidated ramshackle radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hemp Present is cannabis consultant and former defendant Ezra Parzibach, who will join me in just a few minutes for some cannabis confabulation. On September 22 of 2015, detectives from the Northwestern District Attorney's Office in Massachusetts assisted the Massachusetts National Guard Counter-Drug Unit in a marijuana eradication effort, including the use of a National Guard helicopter staffed with spotters trained at locating outdoor marijuana grows. The helicopter crew had spotted some pot plants growing on the second floor porch of Ezra Parzibach, a 41-year-old outspoken advocate for medical marijuana. Parzibach consults patients on how to obtain a medical marijuana on a card and how to legally grow cannabis through his business, High End Cannabis Consulting. A card-carrying holder himself, Parzibach can legally possess 10 ounces of cannabis, a 60-day supply of marijuana under Massachusetts state law. But investigators found 46 pot plants, about 70 jars of oil, and 21-gallon bags of marijuana in the cannabis consultant's home. When nobody answered the door after a knock, members of the National Guard entered Parzibach's backyard as the helicopter circled above. In their police report, investigators mentioned finding a reflective shielding hanging from a clothesline in the back of the residence, an apparatus that they claimed usually indicates an indoor marijuana grow. When Parzibach returned home 15 minutes later and produced a valid Massachusetts medical marijuana card, authorities were not satisfied. Parzibach agreed to a search of the home, and the Northampton police were called to assist. 
Detectives reported finding lights, tools, and instruments in the basement that they say are commonly associated with a pot grow, as well as what they characterized as two dormant grow rooms. A still hot crock pot contained what police described as an unknown black oily substance that was still cooking. According to the police reports, they found three scales, 19 glass droppers containing an unknown liquid substance, 36 jars of oil, 1640 bucks in cash, and very amounts of green vegetable matter that we can only assume was some killer nugs. Massachusetts State Police charged Parzibach with two counts of possession with intent to distribute a Class D drug and one count of possession with intent to distribute a Class C drug. It is legal for qualified Massachusetts medical marijuana patients to grow a two-month supply or that 10 ounces or less of cannabis as long as they have a hardship that prevents them from obtaining it at a dispensary. On September 22nd, there were no dispensaries operating in the area. Although a dispensary New England treatment access has since opened in that region since the raid at Parzibach's residence. On November 3rd, Parzibach was arraigned in district court for possession and distribution of marijuana, which could have resulted in a two and a half year prison sentence, civil forfeiture of assets, and heavy fines. The proximity of Parzibach's home to a preschool that, ironically, his own children ages seven and nine once attended, could have resulted in a mandatory minimum federal jail sentence of five to ten years. Parzibach credits overwhelming community support and client support for the leniency of his sentence of three months unsupervised prohibition. Privately, the prosecutor admitted that the case had changed his personal views on medical marijuana. Quote, when I received the call that several state police were at my door, says Parzibach, I was driving to deliver a topical cannabis oil to an 84-year-old client, Phyllis, who asserts that it's the only thing that has worked for her chronic osteoneuropathy. I don't typically deliver to clients, he says, but... As she's homebound and one of my first clients, I make the hour-long trip to touch base, hour-long round trip. He continued, I ask her if her dose needs to be altered, and I give her a big hug. Early on in our relationship, after railing against the pharmaceuticals that made her feel horrible and nearly killed her, she told me she had contemplated ending her life due to the debilitating pain until she found my oil. Hearing that police were at his home, Parzibach says he drove home and introduced himself to the plainclothes state trooper. Within an hour, all my cannabis plants, all my jars of oils, tinctures, balms, salves, edibles, dried flour, and raw leaves for juicing and tea had been confiscated, he says. I was not arrested or harassed, but I was told I would receive a court summons in the mail. Phyllis called me several hours later. Did you forget about me, Ezra? She asked. But Phyllis is going to have to wait for her relief as she's not applied that soothing balm to her hip for many weeks, and her pain was reported as worsening at the time. Parzibach remains an outspoken medical marijuana consultant who appears on panels and educates health practitioners regarding the science behind cannabis. Ezra has joined me all the way from Massachusetts to bring his story to you, my lucky listeners. Welcome, Ezra, to Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Thanks for having me, Vivian. So it really sounds like you dodged a legal bullet recently. You could have received five to ten years in prison, but all you got was probation. What happened? It's a great question, and the legal outcome was a coup. What happened was the immense – well, two things. One is I live in a very progressive community. I live in a state that legalized medical marijuana three years ago, and so far at the time of my raid – There were two dispensaries open two hours away, and the majority of – or actually everyone in my region had no access to it. I sat down with a prosecutor over two sessions totaling over four hours and painstakingly revealed to him every aspect of my business, 
I showed him my profit and loss, my doing business as certificate from the city clerk. I showed him the laws I was following in terms of my city ordinance code. And I submitted about 40 letters from patients, community members, doctors, family members, and everyone who knew what I did and supported what I did, especially the patient letters and from family members of patients who revealed the profound change I had on their family members' lives or their lives. And I think the prosecutor had two things in mind. He wanted to determine if prosecuting me harshly was going to affect the community response. They did not want to have a protest on their hands. Uh, It's a very small community, and a lot of my clients are very well connected. Uh, You know, as you mentioned in the introduction about Phyllis being 84 years old, very few of my clients are under 50. So, How is Phyllis? Has she had her medicine? You know, it's fascinating. Uh, She's doing well. She is very spirited. I saw her today, in fact. I went down and visited her, and no, she doesn't have her medicine. I actually have a small film crew who's been filming me just interacting with my clients and kind of following the story because it is a fascinating case to have an outspoken kind of geeky cannabis consultant guy who's going through the system like your average drug peddler. But we went down, we filmed her. She's in rough shape. She's much worse. She is less mobile. I said to her, what about the dispensary? Can you make it there? Can you see what you can find? And she is reticent. She's 84 years old. She doesn't know anybody at the dispensary. She would have to get there. It's a tedious process in terms of getting her card, getting her paperwork together, getting it from the state. And she has been chewed up and spit out so many times by the conventional medical field that I think she's really tired of having to see someone different every single time she goes to the doctor. The system can really break your spirit when you're vulnerable. It does, and I think that the medical field is trying as hard as it can. The medical field is filled with people who are compassionate and doctors who are knowledgeable and nurses who care, and they're just overwhelmed. And there's a lot of regulation, and there's a lot of bureaucracy, and so I think that people are really wanting something natural. They're wanting something that comes from a person they can trust. And I grew these plants, and I formulated the medicine myself, and I delivered it to patients, and that's very rare for is, a is that, all, is that all over for you in Massachusetts right now? For me personally? Yes. Essentially what I do now is I am picking up the pieces. I am trying to be a consultant, an educator, but I no longer grow. The law right now as far as patients and growing and being within 30 miles of a dispensary is very gray. There are people who say, yes, you can still grow. There are people who say, no, you can't grow because you're close to a dispensary. So it's it's very difficult to determine. I essentially feel relieved to be out of that legal gray area because – I did. I was growing in my home. And if you know anyone who grows, you can you realize that in a very small amount of space, you can grow a lot of cannabis that can provide cannabis to many patients. The law here in Massachusetts states 
you can only serve a single person. So if you're a registered caregiver, you can give it to one person. I eventually can imagine growing for myself again if the law allows that, but I'm not a criminal person. I'm not interested in dodging the law. Had you had any uh, interactions with law enforcement before your original uh, bust? The only interaction I had with law enforcement in terms of cannabis was sitting on a panel with a local DA as we were interviewed by press and a live audience talking about medical marijuana, and that was uh, over a year ago. But there had been no interaction. In fact, the local police is basically doing due diligence. They understand where we are in terms of the law and where we are in terms of the priorities in terms of law enforcement, and they're focusing on things that are more pressing. And so it was a little bit of a political issue when I was raided because the district attorney, I believe, or my lawyer believes, attempted to resolve my case in private. But because the state police submitted the summons going above their head and made all the information about my case public, they were forced to resolve the issue in a public manner. So essentially what I'm saying is, law enforcement here is very progressive and is not focusing heavily and not bringing an iron fist down on growers like me. I loved your balanced perspective. It's, it's really inspiring. I am talking to Ezra Parzibach on Cannabis Radio on Hemp Present. We've got to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws with the laws. Hear a word from our brave sponsors. We'll be right back with Ezra, all the way from Massachusetts. Time to roll out for the people that let us Hemp Present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Present with Ezra Parzibach. 
you've said that you received an unusual amount of community support during your arraignment for cannabis cultivation and distribution. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. Essentially, I have been outspoken in this community as a cannabis consultant, cannabis educator. When I started growing as a patient and was transitioning careers from teacher, I taught for about 15 years, I found an enormous educational gap in the field. And I saw that medical professionals knew almost nothing about cannabis other than the skewed information coming to them from the DEA and the National Institute of Health on the harms of cannabis. And then there was the cannabis industry that is very difficult to trust if you're someone who has no relationship with cannabis whatsoever. And so you look online and you just don't know where to go. So I thought, I'll put a shingle out and I will say, this is what I want to do. I'm going to be outspoken. I am a professional. I like to use science-based information. So I spoke on every radio show and was always available. And the community really responded well to that. They were refreshed by the fact that someone was willing to not only speak out on the matter and educate, but be objective. And the word of mouth, and as they came to me for education, word of mouth spread. And when I was rated, especially the way I was rated, I was rated with giant military helicopters, that sort of classic drug war method. And there were people emailing each other in the neighborhood saying, my goodness, what is flying over us? Are we being attacked? And then they found out, oh, it's that guy who was in the paper last week for his medical cannabis education, and now they're taking him down with giant helicopters? What are we paying for in our tax dollars? So I think that this community is just very, very ready to have a more nuanced dialogue about it. Plus, my patients were truly helped. I was passionate, and I am passionate, about an appropriate dose for the right ailment for medical marijuana. I'm very conservative in terms of children and adolescents and making a distinction between recreational and medical cannabis. I think I had spent enough time in the community expressing that uh, voice and that opinion that when I was busted, raided, taken down, by police, I think people were dying to express their views, dying to express their support of someone who could be the voice that they couldn't be. There are a lot of people who have been in the underground using cannabis secretively for decades who can't. Millions. 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 I had clients who were lawyers, doctors, psychologists, policemen came to me, terrified that they were going to get uh, yeah, I, I have the same – being the hemp fest guy for 25 years, I have the same experience where I've had people confide in me that, that I couldn't even begin to reveal because it would destroy their careers. You've said that the prosecutor privately told you that your case had led him to a personal evolution regarding medical marijuana? That's correct. He admitted to it after I pressed him. I essentially – I asked my lawyer. I said, look, I love to connect with people. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I've sat down and talked for three hours with this prosecutor. I just want to know what he thinks. What does he think about this whole case? I want to know if he's read all 40 of my letters. And my lawyer said, well, you can always ask him. So at the end of the session, of the last session, I, I just came out and said, look, I really appreciate your due diligence on this case. 
some of my favorite clients that I've had are people who are very skeptical of cannabis. And I love to use objectivity to really show them and give them a way to make the choice themselves. Themselves. I, I just got to say, I'm so impressed by your attitude and approach, Ezra. You know, you you took this bust and you turned it into an opportunity for diplomacy and education. You know, you didn't play the victim. You didn't, you know, go to to hate and rage and all that stuff. Instead, you used this experience to educate these folks and reach out from a point of humanity. I mean, it's just so impressive that you would. Be so centered and grounded to know to do that. Vivian, I, I really appreciate it. I think I'm good at public speaking, and so I can show that. But, it, you know, at home in my family, it has been, as you can imagine, extremely stressful. There was a period where my children were terrified that their father was going to go to jail. They were terrified that they were going to be taken away from us. Yeah, what, what's the status of that? I know that for a while there you were being talked to by uh, some regulatory agency. Yes, the Department of Children and Families is required to investigate any home where there are children present during a drug bust or any violation of drug laws. So it's called a 51A. It's a mandatory report that law enforcement has to make to the DCF for neglect. And I did the same thing I did for the prosecutor, which was I brought the community and all the letters to the DCF. I reached out to the DCF. I had very productive conversations with them. I told them that I would be nothing but supportive of their investigation, that I wanted every opportunity to make sure it went smoothly. I then faxed them letters from the principal, from my children's teachers, from doctors, from neighbors, from friends who were retired nurses and healthcare workers. I inundated them with the reality that I live in and that thousands and thousands of growers like me live in, which is we're family men. We have jobs. We have volunteer opportunities in our communities. We do things like everyone else, and we're law-abiding citizens with everything except for our passion for cannabis. And the DCF, after my case, after the court case, decided to discontinue their investigation, which I am told is extremely rare. But I have set out, as you said, to turn this opportunity as an educator into one that can help other people. I am needing to find a job in the field. I love this field of cannabis and love to be an educator, but I also realize that I'm a rare voice for objectivity and professionalism that can help shift thinking in law enforcement. I can help shift thinking at social service networks who believe that cannabis is going to be terrible and dangerous for children. So it's my hope that I can help change the community, but also pursue it on a bigger level. There needs to be more people out there who are seeking to be a rational voice. We love the people who go to the rallies and smoke gigantic joints because it feels good to be free, but there's a lot of people who are fearful of that those kind of visuals. You know, what I say is the experts aren't to be trusted in cannabis. And the people we trust aren't experts. The doctors don't know about cannabis. The medical field doesn't know. So who is filling that educational gap? Can it be somebody like me? I'm a grower. I make product. 
I see clients. I have successfully treated hundreds of clients. And that opportunity was taken away from me to give Phyllis her topical oil that she uses once a day on her hip, doesn't get high. That opportunity was taken away from me. What else can I do in this industry in order to bring rational thinking to communities and protect growers like me, protect people like Phyllis who need an alternative and help people who think that this is a dangerous scourge on our society. I want to help people who think this is something to be fearful of. It is something to be educated about. There are harms involved with cannabis and there are issues that need to be discussed in communities. But I'm somebody who can help do that. Ezra, I got 30 seconds. Do you ever think about moving to a different state where it's legal? It's a great point. A lot of people have told me that. I love where I live. I love my community. I'm you're hoping. Gonna stay there. You're going to stay there and do the missionary work where you belong. Yes, but I'll tell you, if you need a speaker at, at uh, Hempfest, I'm happy to fly out. I'm from Spokane, Washington, incidentally. Hell yeah, bro. Don't speak till you're Spokane, too. I went to high school there. I am talking to Ezra Parzibach in Massachusetts here on Hempresent and Cannabis Radio. We're going to take another break, hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us Hempresent. Hang loose. We're coming right back. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out MJWellness.com today. shooting past a thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now... Back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back for the final question for Ezra Parzibach, Massachusetts cannabis consultant. Ezra, you wrote that you, you write that you attended some of the world's most prestigious art schools, and for 10 years you taught inner city youth. You also taught science, humanities, and philosophy. What things did that period teach you that you were able to apply in your work with cannabis patients? It's a great question. I think what I learned 
teaching in a culture that is so separate from the dominant culture in America is that one, in terms of cannabis, is completely intermeshed into the culture of the inner city. Cannabis is used recreationally, of course. It is used culturally for references and all the same stereotypes we have. It is nearly every home, and people medicate with it. We have communities that suffer from PTSD and trauma and so many various ailments, and they're disenfranchised from the medical system, which is expensive. And when I spent 10 years, I would ask a question in a classroom, for example. I would say, I taught women only. They were teen moms. I would say, okay, let's see a show of hands. How many men that you know in your life sell cannabis, sell pot? And I would think, okay, I'm going to get you know, half the girls or a few girls who are brave enough are going to raise their hand. They all raised their hand and they said every single man in their life. And it makes sense. Wow. You buy an ounce for 300 and then you sell it and you make a hundred bucks. It's Ezra, great- I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> hey, listen, I could talk to you all day. We need to have an Ezra Parzibach in every goddamn community in America. You know, you are the man, bro. I'm just really impressed at your style, at your attitude, at your acumen, you know. Very quickly, because I only got two minutes left, how can people find out more about you? The easiest way is to Google Ezra Cannabis Consultant. They will come up. I'm actually switching. My website is thehighend.org. High End was my underground company. But EzraParzibach.com is how they can find me. And the simplest way to Google me right now is Ezra Cannabis Consultant. Thank you, Ezra. Give Phyllis a big hug for me the next time you see her, bro. Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks. Now I want to get on a weekly feature of Hemp Presenting Cannabis Radio, and it's the quote of the week, and here it goes. Quote, I couldn't find a single confirmed overdose death. That is CNN senior medical correspondent Sanjay Gupta speaking about the non-toxic nature of cannabis, which has never killed a single user from a toxic reaction or overdose in as much as 5,000 years of human consumption, and I've done some of that myself. This concludes this installment of Hempresent on Cannabis Radio. Put down that dab rig. I want to hear from you. Email me at hempresent at gmail.com. And get ready because I'm going to give you that email again in a few seconds. I want to thank my beautiful peeps in the control room, Brasco and Hannah, my handsome sponsors, my good-looking producers. Join me next week for another Reefer Radio Rendezvous with some special hempo sapien. For any of you red-eyed Jedis out there that operate a cannabis business, if you're smelling what we're selling here on Hemp Present, you can become a sponsor and get your brand in the hand of the man with a plan. So go ahead and give me an email because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours. Join the movement. Speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stand tall, stay strong, and toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! THC! Sweet sativa! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.